Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. You've also said that you didn't like doing stand-up. You did it for 15 years and you didn't like it. What? I was the only one in the room not enjoying it, the show. The audience liked it, the club owner liked it, but I was miserable telling the same fucking jokes every night for 15 years, what's the like? And then I discovered, courtesy of John Benjamin on Dr. Katz, that I too had the ability to improvise. Right. Learn to love talking to the crowd. I remember this because I, I, and I've thought about this for years. I still think about it. When you headlined, you said, I will only do 40 minutes. That's it. And you really put your foot down. And I remember that about you. And whenever someone, and I think about you all the time, whenever someone's like, oh, you got to do this much time. And I just think about, you know what? Jonathan Katz was like, this is the amount of time I'm doing. This is the amount of time that is appropriate for one person to 
do and I'm not doing anymore. And I just remember that. I, I might be the only person who remembers that about you. The most, the most depressed I ever got in my life was when I was headlining at the punchline in San Francisco. Yep. And I, I was, you know, it wasn't the amount of time, but I wasn't ready to headline yet. They, they were assuming because I had done Letterman a few times, right. I was ready, but it was not. And I got chronically depressed. I think that happened to a lot of people. They would do, and it still happens. They do a late night set. They think they're, you know, and then they get hired as a headliner and they don't have the time, you know, and if this is what's happening in comedy clubs all over the place now is that someone does a funny YouTube video or has a lot of TikTok followers and they, they're going to sell a room out, but they don't know how to do an hour. They don't know how to close the show. Judy, for years, I worked as an opening act doing a half hour. Yeah. And the owner, the club owner would say to me, that was not a half hour. And I said, absolutely. I looked at my wife before I went on and look at it now. It's, but I was lying. You know, I couldn't do a half hour. Really? What was your max, 20? Yeah, I should have gotten off after 20. You know, most people won't even admit that. <laughs> you know, they'll just be like, oh, I'm going to. But you did, did you start doing crowd work towards the end? Like, how did you fill your time? Well, you know, in 1985, we moved to Boston, and the crowds are brutal. Yeah. One woman, she, I, I said something mean to her. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. Oh, come on. I called her a cunt. And, um, yeah, that's right. That's my Jonathan. But I had to ask bouncer there to walk me to my car. I was afraid right. of the people shit out of me. <laughs> Please. I've had so many experiences like that. I know that's shocking. I can't imagine you calling someone a cunt. What did she do? She heckle? Well, first she said, thank you. No, no. <laughs> she was just heckling. She wouldn't let me get a joke out. The worst my experience I had like that was in Chico, California. I was doing a one-nighter, and the audience was great. It's kind of a college town, except for one guy who would not shut up. I finally, I said, I finally had to stop the audience. I said, I'm going to stop for a second. I walked over to his table. I said, can I ask you your name? He told me his name. I said, you know what? I didn't recognize you without my dick in your mouth. <laughs> Such a weird heckle. Because if you think of that, I'm saying that I had his dick in my mouth. Uh, that is the worst with your yeah. dick in my mouth. Like you're sucking his dick. Yeah. Um, but, but the audience loved it. And I was like a hero from that moment on. Tom Schneider was a good friend of yours. Correct? Um, Tom Schneider. Schneider. The late night. I loved him. No. Different Not Tom that. Schneider. Different Tom Schneider. No. Okay. So a different... Tom Snyder, but I, you know, I look, I do all my research and I look up and I'm like, it can't be the same Tom Snyder. And they're like, yes, Tom, same Tom. I hate. All right. Whatever. The he, Tom that was my friend is that is my friend. He made his fortune in educational software. Really? Yeah. And, and he only sold, sold software to schools. He was a serious educator. And he taught you about animation so you thought up dr katz 
he got interested in me because he saw things change and he really liked the kind of comedy I did. Right. Then he discovered we were neighbors. We got together. We started working together. We worked on a couple of projects before Dr. Katz. But the thing that took was Dr. Katz. You were on Inc. with Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen, directed by Tommy Shlami. Shlami, Tommy Shlami. What a great name. I know. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it's it's sad and unfortunate, yet perfect for showbiz. You directed all the West Wing episodes. Yeah. You realized that when you would go out for the curtain call, that it, you, you were losing energy, right? You were not, you were far behind everyone. And then you found out you had MS. I knew this was going to have a sad ending. No, it's, I'm not even, I'm not even, oh, please, I have so much more to talk to you about. So right. you, so you're, it's 1996, you find out you have MS. Seven? Yeah. I it's, that funny, but I'm very petty. Yeah, no, it's good. Because when you tell the truth, it's got to be the absolute fucking truth. But when you don't tell the truth, you'll just let the person, you know, you just like, you like, I can see the joy in your face after you lie and the person believes it. It's sick. I love it. You get MS, but it's been sort of, do you think it's a slowly, slow progressing? I mean, I know I have, I know a lot of people with MS. Was it just a lack of energy that, and and I love that you also do a lot of stuff for MS, um, but you just felt tired. You felt weak. What was what happened? Well, it's a lack of sensation in, in certain parts of your body. Right. In my case, it was my feet, my face. Right. And how much sensation do you need in your face? No, you don't need a lot. Your feet, you do need a lot because you're right. like the um, GPS of your body. Right. So people, as it progressed, I get, my balance became worse. And that's still an issue. That is one of my major problems with MS now. Is balancing. And the other thing is my eyes are fucked up because of MS. There, you can't see. I have something a weird issue called nuclear ophthalmic polygia, mm-hmm. and it just means that by each eye individually. If I just look at you with my right eye now, yeah, I can see you fine. With my left eye, the same thing, but together they don't work together. Okay, I'm going to tell you something, and you're going to say. No one fucking cares. But I had a cataract removed two weeks ago. They said, we're going to wait to see if your brain will be able to have your eyes work together. Because one is 2020 and the other one is like astigmatism Jewish, right? right? And they won't. They won't work together. So I have to, um, I mean, I'm just saying I don't have MS, but I do feel, I know that fucking, it's so annoying. You feel completely, so now I have to wear a contact in one eye and then I can't see anything up close. So it's like, yeah, it's terrible. I hate getting older. I'm Jonathan, I fucking hate it. So, but you, you got, you didn't, did you tell people that you, were you quiet about it? Because. No, I didn't talk about my, my manager and my lawyer said to me, there are two things you're not allowed to be in show business. I can only think of one. Old, sick, Jewish, gay. Go ahead. You're not allowed to be sick. I remember that one. Right. But the other thing is, if, if you disclose your condition, they're not allowed to fire you. Right. So, 
So that was the catch-22. I was afraid of disclosing my condition because I didn't want to be tr- I didn't want to be treated as a guy with an illness. Right. I didn't want to get this look. Oh, I'm so sorry. So when you were doing Dr. Katz, you knew you had MS. Yeah, actually, Tom Snyder diagnosed it because we were running somewhere to get a bus or a cup of coffee. And he said to me, John, you know what you have? You have run like a girl. Mm -hmm. That was his diagnosis. Run like a girl. So he he was a feminist is what you're saying. Yeah. So he, you were Florence Griffith Joyner. I don't know who that is. She was an Olympic runner. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you kept it quiet through. Yeah, I was the- asymptomatic for many years. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you just couldn't really disguise it. You know, I was using a cane. I was using a mobility scooter. And when I was trying to disguise it, I couldn't remember what I had told the person. It was oh, so you were lying. No, I wasn't lying. I was just trying to remember. There was some condition that sounded a little bit like eggplant parmesan. Uh-huh. But it has to do with your feet. Uh, oh, it's a <laughs> condition of your feet that sounds like eggplant parmesan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you told people you had, something wrong with your feet. Yeah that had marinara and and mozzarella cheese on it. Was were your feet breaded and fried? No. Okay. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees.
you need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. So when you went to Comedy Central to do Dr. Katz, now here's the thing that's fascinating about Dr. Katz. You go to Comedy Central in 19, what, 96-ish, 95-ish? All right. So you're already 50 years old at this point. Right. You sell a show to this network that frankly said I was too old after I was 50 to be on the network. It was a brilliant show that everyone wanted to be on and you did it from Boston, correct? Right. You know, there are people, when I say people, I mean Ed Krasnick, fascinated by the fact that I can stay on the East Coast and make a living in comedy. I love it. That's what I've done. Yeah. I love Ed Krasnick. Did you know, did you do a pilot of Dr. Katz? We did. And they asked, and Tom Center was really the business guy. Yeah. And Comedy Central asked Tom Center, when do you think we'll see the real thing? And he said, this is the real thing. Because the show, as if you can remember, is very... Looks like it was made in somebody's basement. Right. That's what I love about it. Yeah. And it wasn't really until we got the support of, um, I don't remember the name of the guy who ran HBO, Michael something. He, he loved the way the show sounded, the natural sounding dialogue. Right. And I think the one thing that people overlook when they talk about Dr. Katz is that the actors laughed at each other's jokes. Was it Michael Lombardo? No. It was Michael Michael Fuchs. Mike, yes, yes. Okay. You know, comedy was so big. And here you did, you took this, you know, sort of comedy boom and you did something so creative with it. And no, it's really such an original idea. And I did, I'm just letting you know right now, I did go and record with you, but you never used me. That must hurt. It does. I'm so sorry. Did you come to Boston? To, to no, we did it. I think I was in LA and I did it over the. We yeah. recorded Kevin Meany in a hotel room and we had to put some blanket, blankets over him mm-hmm. to mute the sound of the housekeepers. And he- <laughs> But he had no idea what was going on. He thought it was he was being punked. Right. He was great on the show. Do you have a copy of that recording? No, I don't, Jonathan. And it's it is a you know a thing I can't let go of. And now that you're doing the Zoom ones, I mean seriously, do you not love me? I, I have do. such respect for you. No, you know I you know the the Zoom shows. First of all, I'm not sure I'm going to continue with this particular company. Mm -hmm. If and when I do more of them, people 
that we book of people who can sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I just realized um, it's time for me to tighten up my noose. Okay. No, no, no Judy. Judy. <clears throat> um, my father told me that we celebrate, we, we like the, the Hanukkah, how many Hanukkah candles do we like? Eight. We like the eight candles to acknowledge the suffering of Snow White and the seven dwarves. Right. It's true. Um, so you're still not going to let me do your show. Okay. You love one of my favorite comedians, Gary Goldman, who's also from your area. And when he did this new format of Dr. Katz, he was, I think he was like a deer in the headlights because he's spent so much time in actual therapy. Yes. Wasn't quite sure what was going on. Who's taller? Gary is way taller than me. Who's more attractive? Wow. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with me. Um, even though he is very attractive. I agree. I think you Oh, thank you, Jonathan. It still doesn't take away that you told me I can't sell tickets, which, you know, what did my agent call you? Oh, I, I don't have one. Okay. So, um, people stop you and think you are a real therapist. People are, people are Newton. Yeah. Newton Mass, which is very yeah. Jutin. How did you end? Why did you end up in in uh, Newton, Mass? Because when we were living, <clears throat> we lived on Seventy Second Street in New York, right? And we had a two and a half year old daughter, and we we didn't think this was a great place to bring her up because mm-hmm. of all the Jews, right? Of, and my wife grew up in Newton, and she had okay. A there you go. There. Your wife, Suzanne, Susan, Susan, with a Z. Yes. And she works at a nonprofit. She is the chair of the board of the Lenny Zakin Fund, which probably means nothing to you or your listeners. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't know who Lenny Zakin was. Um, I have that in my notes. And Lenny Zakin, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, Lenny Zakin was a social justice. It's a social justice thing. Correct. Mostly he was associated with the Anti-Defamation League. Right. Protecting people like you. But you know what? He was very handsome. Yeah. And he was a partier. How did he die, Lenny Zakum? Cancer. Terrible. So you've done, you you know, you put out a, there's a CD. Is that correct? Of all the, the Jonathan. Yep. Uh, Dr. Katz things. Dr. Katz caffeinated. And what do you feel like you will be doing? You know, it's a a very odd time. And I'm for the first time really questioning whether or not I I should hang on to this identity of Dr. Katz. Mm -hmm. It served me very well, but it's also, you know, I feel like I'm milking that identity too, for too long. I should move on and do something else. Why? Dr. Katz is beloved. Yeah, but I don't like having a, a, a likeness that's more beloved than me. Right. Well, you know what? 
I know you, and I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Judy, that was a great slow burning joke. Thank you. You know, I have been, and I don't know if it's the pandemic. I have been questioning, what have I done with my fucking life? You know, do do you ever get like that? Where you're like, what the, what did I do? But you're a guy, so probably not. Um, I do, do, especially because my wife and both daughters are activists. Right. They try try to make the world a better place for people. But you do that too by making people laugh. Mm. Okay. You brought up this this great family. I mean, you brought up these two wonderful daughters, correct? Right. Being an entertainer. It's pretty darn good. I'm not sure what you what you No, I'm just saying you're acting like you're not helping the world, but you you oh, create oh, oh, the fact that I brought them up. Okay. Yes. Yes, you brought up these two amazing people, yeah. and you your job is to make other people laugh. There's no other. Okay, so they're social activists. Great. Well, I, I attribute all of their good qualities to my wife. Me too. Both, both happen to be hysterically funny. And not, neither of them want to go into show business. No, although in the last Zoom episode of this Dr. Cat show. Oh, you're doing before. Zoom episodes of them? Oh, I had no idea. Go ahead. You, you can see my daughter, Miranda, the 29-year-old, mm-hmm. asking, because there was a Q&A after the show, and the mo- the most persistent question, where is Judy Gold, came in? Right. Um, you can actually see my daughter, Miranda, who's so beautiful and wonderful. So you like Miranda better than Julia, I'm guessing, right now. No. Well, okay. No. Right. Right. Um, different. Do you want to continue to create stuff, or do you want to just relax? No i i want to I want to continue in the world of comedy. I'm just not sure how that will manifest itself. Right. Yeah, I've been feeling really. You know, it's so weird because I'll. I don't want to go on the road anymore because I, I, I really, the comedy clubs, as you know, cause you didn't love it, but it's hard. You, pa- you know, like not packing a bat, a, a suitcase for over a year. I was so happy. And then I go online and I look at everyone and how busy they are with all their dates and I'm jealous. So I can't win. You know, I'll suggest something to you with the note, but I'll, Qualified by saying it's certainly not easy to write a, a funny movie. Right. I'll do that. Because right. you, you really, if nothing else, you have learned how to steal from yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, your comedy is about you. Right. And other people in your family. So mm-hmm. that's a great place to start writing a movie. Yeah. Well, we all do that. I mean, writing is the only thing you have control over, really. Right unless you give it to someone else and then they have control over it. So Jonathan, where are people going to be able to, are, you don't know if you're going to do any more of the Dr. Katz's, but they can buy your books, um, to your CDs. To do lists of the dead. Yes. A, Terrific. The book I'm very proud of. And yes. also the CD is very good, but, and the, 
box set of Dr. Katz is available. Yes. I didn't want to mention Amazon. Because you're inside, you're a communist. Yeah. Do you think your daughters are social activists because of your parents? No. Okay. Didn't think so. Um, Did they ever meet your parents? They met my dad. My mom died when I was 16 years old. Oh. From cancer? Yeah. With your permission, I'd like to call you mommy. That's fine. Did Do you feel like, um, well, that's a, definitely defined you as a human being, don't you think? Yeah, I do. But I'm not sure in what way, you know, I'm not, you know, it's, I was, I was not on the outside to observe it. I, well, did it, how did it affect your sister and your father? My father has no emotions. Okay. That's My good. sister has no control of her emotions. And then you're just a pathological liar. I'm, so I'm it's, kind of, I was kind of like a witness to the whole thing. My sister right. My sister ended up spending a couple of years in a psychiatric hospital. Uh-huh. More people should do that. Go to a psychiatric hospital? Just for a couple of years. The food is great. Yeah. My mother was at the Hebrew home. She hated the food. She would complain oh. about it. Yeah. That's so sad, Jonathan. That's why you're a comedian and a liar. I never made that connection. I don't really, I still can't see the connection. Were you, did you feel close with your mother when you were? Very close. See? And you lost like the closest person and watched everyone else react to it. Did your father ever remarry? My father went from being a communist to being a, to discovering he really liked wealthy women, including the heir to the Bloomingdale estate. No way. Yep. I lived in their carriage house on the Bloomingdale estate. This is in Scarsdale, New York. No, you did not. Yep. How old were you? My early 20s. And your father married? He married the the daughter of the heir to the Bloomingdale's. Wow. Did they get divorced or they're still married or dead? She sued him for divorce and soaked him for everything. So he has nothing? Well, he's dead now. So he has nothing? You told me he was alive in the beginning of the the, uh, podcast. No, I didn't. I don't trust anything you say. So he's dead. My dad died in, in the in the in the nineties. So he left. He died penniless. Is that correct? Yes. But and his he he got to see me, and this is he, he never disco- discovered Doctor Katz, but he did right. see me do a commercial for Wausau Insurance. Uh huh. Which went on right before 60 Minutes. And that for him was like a success. Wow. All right. Jonathan, we I asked my guests two things before, you know, every podcast. Number one, and this is right up your alley, we are very pro mental health. I suffer from depression and anxiety, ADHD and OCD. So I'm a Jew. 
pretty much. And my grandparents were cousins. So that's true. Yeah. My grandparents, my mother's parents were like second or third cousins. Yeah. Yeah. My wife had some kind of deal like that. And how's her mental health? Not great. There you go. But I, I, before I ask you this question, which is what you do for your mental health, I want to know what Dr. Katz and Jonathan Katz think of Naomi Osaka. Um, oh, my God. Such, so courageous. And she's not alone in the world. Even in the world of tennis, there's a guy named Yannick Sinner, an Italian t- tennis player, who also spoke about, out about his depression. You're too young to have so much success. And so much right, right. You know, there are people who are like, oh, it's part of the job. It's part of the job. Well, their job is to play tennis. The, don't you think the press, I mean, you look at people like Pierce Morgan, who's a fucking asshole. Don't you think the press has gotten sort of more belligerent and, and nastier? Not, and I am for freedom of the press, but it's not like it was, you know, 40 years ago, or it's like, hey, how was the thing? How was the tennis? You know, how was the game? What were you thinking? Bye. It's now, it's, you're inundated. You're, you're not even a person. Right. I haven't really thought about that, but I do know that somebody as young as Naomi Osaka is not ready for that kind of. Right. It is a little belligerent, the press. Right. And certainly insisting that it's her obligation is totally not right. It's also like, you know, and they're saying, oh, it's good for the game. Her being a great player is good for the game. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah, I I really, I totally support her. And, you know, people who criticize her probably have never been depressed or know what, you know, that it is a physical and chemical, as I tweeted, if she had a torn ligament and had to, you know, leave, no one would say a fucking thing, but it's not, it's not. With another American player who actually had to withdraw from the tournament because she fell and hurt herself during press conference. Is that true? Yeah. Monica Sellis couldn't play after she got stabbed. Right. Was it stabbed or raped? No, she was stabbed. Well, if that's perfect, you gotta go go to another place. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So what do you do for your mental health? Antidepressants. Which ones? It's Alexa, which is also Citalopram. Yeah, I like Celexa. I was on Celexa. I see a shrink, but for me when I see a shrink. It's like studying for a role. Yeah. The role of your life. Yeah, and, and it's true. And I tell her jokes, and I try to get her interested in my music career, which is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. She wants to banish my music career. My friend. I don't like her. No. Is she Jewish? Yes. Okay, let me just And she specializes that. in people with MS. Really? Yeah. Well, that's a niche therapy. Okay, here's my second question. What pisses you off more than anything in the entire world? Like, what makes you fucking crazy mad? That's why the podcast is called Kill Me Now, because I, like, every day I wake up, I'm like, I can't take it. Oh, God, Judy, I'm such, 
a mild-mannered guy. I'm like the Clark Kent of comedy. I know, but you something's got to piss you off. Well, it's when I do something very generous with my sister. Mm-hmm. Not quite enough. Mm. You had that sensation? Oh, yeah. Yep. Where you are giving all you can give. I get. I feel that a lot. Would it be an underappreciation or just a criticism or, I mean, there's also the not acknowledging it. And then there's also the, yeah. My, my relationship with my sister and my wife has changed so dramatically from my sister saying to her in the eighties, mm-hmm. I don't really like you. She said that to your wife. Yeah. Uh huh. And now they, too, get along very well. And you talk to your sister every day. Yeah. People, myself included, can change. It's good to know. I wish I had one more really good Jewish joke. Oh, come on. You have to. Were your daughters bought bat mitzvah? Yeah. Is your wife religious? More than I am. None of us are observant. Right. But you're identify as Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of anti-Semitism right now. Oh my God. That thank you for reminding me. That drives me nuts. Not, so there you go. I yeah. Anti-Semitism does suck. Oh, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I, I was and they hate us. Of, were you ever the victim of it yourself? Not uh yeah, I was. Where? I was in Georgia. Oh, Doing stand-up? I, I was in Savannah when I encountered anti-Semitism. Really? Yeah. And Savannah has a big Jewish population. Not when you're not there. Right, that's true. What did th- what happened? I get on stage and some guy, as I stand on stage, some guy in the front row is giving me the finger. Mm-hmm. And I say to him, was it something I said? Are you angry at me in some way? And he stood up and he's got to be maybe six, six. Mm-hmm. Turns, turns around to the audience and says, who wants a bet on the Jew boy? Luckily, wow. I, had Rita, I had Rita Redner with me to protect me. Right. She's very, you know, another and Jew. That was uh, the first time. The first time was, was in Douglaston, New York. Mm-hmm. When I went to play tennis, I only to learn that the court was restricted. Really? Yeah, this is in 1964. Wow. This is what used to play. It's just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, my mother used to constantly say, they all hate us. Everyone hates us. They all, they hate us. They hate, the minute you leave the room, they're going to call you a dirty Jew. And I used to tell her she was crazy. And she's not. Well, she's dead, but she, it's true. We are, yeah. it's sad. And yet we all we do is try to help people. I mean, there are a bunch of, there are some Jews who are not nice, but you know, we do contribute to the world at large. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Jonathan Katz. Dr. Katz to you. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmaling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. 
Now, um, if you haven't subscribed or left a review, please do it so I get more listeners and more ads and more money, but I really don't make any money from this. Yeah. So that's five stars only. Five stars, like I'm an Uber driver. If you have not purchased my book, yes, I can say that. Gotten any of my uh, CDs, seen Hysterical on Hulu, just even visited my website, judygold.com. Do it. Do it. And you'll learn a lot about me because I'm so closed and I really try to hide personal uh, information about myself. Not. So uh, there you go. It'd mean a lot to me if you would... uh, Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and check out my website and buy my book. And You know, it, it, it would. It would mean a shitload to me. So go to judygold.com. Follow me on Twitter at judygold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's Twitter and Instagram because I'm a Jew, J-E-W-D-Y, because <laughs> I'm funny. Uh, also, if you haven't been vaccinated, you're an idiot. Please get vaccinated. Please, please, please. Happy Pride! Happy Pride to all my LGBTQ plus NKR people. Umlaut, Pi sign. Thank you so much for your love and support. And as we always say, so long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long!